Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the OT Lifestyle Movement Podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of OTLifestyleMovement.com. I am super pumped you are here with me today because today we are exploring something that's different um, for me, I suppose. I don't know a lot about this space, so I'm excited to learn we're looking at women's health, womb wisdom, and holistic pelvic care. And today we're talking to Janelle Gullen. Janelle is an occupational therapist and the founder of The Wild Orange Tree, based here in Australia. Janelle has undertaken additional bodywork training to support women to connect to their body so that they can navigate mothering transitions with self-love, confidence, and vitality. She focuses on pelvic health, mental health, and menstrual cycles and explores rites of passage and the ways feminine rhythms impact roles, relationships, participation, and joy. Her work brings together well-being for the head, heart, and the womb. Welcome, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to learn so much because this is something that I haven't certainly done any continuing education in. It's yeah. out of my scope and I, I'm so excited to learn more because it is um, really something different and a different avenue and it's exciting, right? Yeah, I find it exciting. I love it and I'm really, really pleased that I can share it with you today. I would love it first, before we dive into it all, if we can hit the rewind button and learn a little bit about you. So how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Yeah. So I'm a mum to two amazing children and it really was through my own mothering journey, um, starting right back from before I fell pregnant. I knew that um, I wanted a, a different um, birthing lineage to, um, to what I held within my body. So I did a lot of exploration around um, what might work for me in that regard. Um, I still ended up with a very challenging first birth and some pelvic health challenges that fell out of that. And a lot of the more traditional offerings um, just weren't working for me in fact they were making my symptoms worse so I really went on this journey of learning more about what it means to navigate that mothering rite of passage and what are some um, I guess um, ways from from long ago that um, that have supported women with their pelvic health and I really brought them into my second pregnancy and it was probably my mental health that had greater challenges during my second pregnancy um, and birth and really just seeing how pelvic health and mental health cannot be separated we can't be talking about one without the other but we also can't be talking about them without recognising that a woman has gone through a rite of passage um, as part of... Um yeah, as part of that birthing experience, it's not just a pelvis that has prolapse, it's a pelvis that has birthed this woman into motherhood and it's not just postnatal depression, it's we're dealing with a mother whose brain has had such significant change hormonally, um, psychologically, at so many different levels through that birth process and I think it's when we start honouring that rite of passage that some of the, the pieces start falling into place to support women through that, that mothering journey. 
Mm, I love that. And so it sounds like it was your own journey that really definitely. helped you navigate into this area. of Yeah, ocean. definitely. No, I, I realised I was starting to informally support other, other women and mums around me and I went through that whole journey of, man, I'd love to be able to help more people like this and coming to the realisation that as an occupational therapist I was perfectly positioned to be doing that just as I was as an OT and then, um, yes, yeah, started my private practice after my um, my second baby's birth and um, have continued with that rather than returning to my original workplace. Mm, I love that. And I think that is the beautiful thing about OT, isn't it? That we can, there's so many different ways that we can help serve and help yeah. our clients. Yeah. No, just our view of the world um, sets us up for any place, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So, can you talk to us about who your clients are? Like who is coming to see you and what are you helping them with? Yeah. So I'm really seeing people right through that perinatal period. So starting from preconception. Um, so looking at fertility. Um, some of my body work is known for supporting fertility and regulating menstrual cycles, just bringing cycle awareness, helping women understand that aspect of their body more. Um, during pregnancy, I help them with aches and pains, how they can do those everyday activities they're needing to do if they are experiencing, maybe it's morning sickness or pelvic pain, seeing what we can do to um, sometimes resolve that but help them set up their their daily lives to be able to keep doing what they need to do um, I also do a lot of work around birth preparation so I offer internal body work where we can really explore what's happening in that pelvic space um, give them some feedback on, on what those birth sensations might feel like they can practice things like vocalization and breathing just to to see how that impacts their pelvic floor and all those muscles and um, bony structures that need to shift during that birth process and give them more confidence in their body. Um, a lot of postpartum planning as well, what they want to have in place to make sure that they're really supported um, after they've given birth to that baby. So often the focus is on the birth and we, um, we don't often recognise those essential needs, those universal needs of women in that postpartum time period. Um, they might come and see me just for mental health support and that might be um, anticipatory, thinking that they might have some challenges or when they realise they are um, finding part of that mothering journey really challenging and then a whole lot of support around um, birth injury, whether, that, whether that's tearing, um, C-section scars, prolapse, pelvic pain, um, supporting them in a really holistic way to, to get back into the everyday activities they want to do, whether that's playing with their kids, being intimate with a partner, um, connecting with their friends, um, going to the gym, whatever it might be. Um, just bringing them back into their body and giving them some, some really holistic tools to be supporting their body through that transition. That's fantastic. I love this. I remember actually, must be like 12 years ago when I was at university and um, I was at doing some placement and we were looking at working with pregnant women and what OT can provide in this space. And I don't think I, there wasn't many OTs working in this space at that time. Mm. Um, but I can see how much value that we can bring. Like, And as you said, there's so many areas that you work with. I think that's absolutely amazing that we can bring this to women um, at this time. Mm. Well, really, occupational therapists, we're experts in transitions and helping people navigate transitions, whether that is due to illness or an injury or something like that. Um, but 
it's so easy to the significance of that mothering transition. And that would be the same for the fathering transition. I really hope there's OTs out there supporting dads in this space as well. Um, so it, it really is a perfect fit, whatever way we're, we're supporting people through that. Yeah. And it's, it's an identity shift as well, isn't it? It's not just um, that transition. It's a real shift in our identity and who we are. And Roles, it's relationships. Like, yeah, definitely the identity piece. Yeah. And it sounds like you are looking, obviously, not just at the physical, but the emotional and the energetic realm as well. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this. I know you've had some a training. So you said you had some additional training and mm. that was in holistic pelvic care and holistic pelvic energetic techniques. Yeah. I would love to learn what this means and how it differs to traditional techniques. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, really, the, there's three trainings that, that I've done. I'm an Arvigo practitioner. Um, so that's very much about the womb and the central place that that plays in a woman's body. And the fact that if the, the womb is out of alignment, if there's not good flow in that pelvic space, that can play out in so many different physical and emotional well-being challenges. Um, so definitely looking at all those fascial connections, blood flow, lymph flow, nerve flow um, around the womb and that's um, that pelvic space and then I have done Tammy Kent's holistic pelvic care training and her holistic pelvic energy and this is really looking at how we hold our stories in that pelvic space it's so much more than just bones and organs and muscles um, we, we hold our fears and um, if we're not getting enough support around um, that that plays out in our pelvic space as well and Sometimes we can talk about things that are going on for us or sometimes we can just return to the body and check in, like where is their tension, where is their trigger points, um, what, what sort of pattern do we have in that energy in our pelvic space? Like is it all shrunk in and shriveled or is it actually so full and overflowing we're feeling depleted? Um, all of these things play out in that space and really those holistic pelvic techniques are about checking in, yes, on the physical aspects of what's going on, but also energetically. How do we hold our lineage, our experiences, our stories in that pelvic space and how can we help to, to bring balance? I know Tammy talks a lot about bringing resonance to that pelvic space because um, when, when we're centred in that space and we've got good flow through that pelvic space, that can really support us to, um, to fulfil our, our mothering roles, our, our relationship roles, um, anything else that we're wanting to participate in. If we're connected and centred in ourselves, that's a really useful starting place. So what does a session look like? So if you're providing this holistic pelvic care and this yeah. energetic work, what are you actually doing? What does a session look like? It really differs so much for every person. So I certainly run some sessions um, where we are just talking. We're talking about what's going on in their body. We're talking about their menstrual cycles, where they are in, in their mothering journey and how that links into feminine rhythm. So sometimes it is just talking and making sense of all these things that are going on for them. But if you see me for a face-to-face -face session, we'll usually start off by just having a check-in, see if there's something particular that you're wanting to explore through the session. 
Um, I'll usually put my hands on you, just feel what's happening around that pelvic space. And the other training that I've done is Lynn Shorty's um, birth preparation and birth healing training. And she talks a lot about this open pelvis pattern, this open birthing pelvis. And um, once you tune into those energetics, so often after birth, you'll feel that that pelvic space is just open and almost lifting away from, from the woman's body. Um, it just hasn't come back in after that that real open energy experience of birthing a baby. So we just check in what's happening around the body there. Um, I'll often start with some of the Avigo work. So doing belly massage, just checking in on, on the organs, how they're positioned there, the fascia around the belly. Um, you know, sometimes when I do the internal work, people think that that's going to be the real scary thing. But so often it's our belly that actually holds so much and the emotions that can come out once someone starts touching your belly can often often shock people. But if, if you think about a dog, it always protects its belly. Um, so sometimes I'll start there. Um, if people are wanting to do the internal um, holistic pelvic care work, we can do that. So um, that's quite different from what you might have traditionally experienced in a pelvic health assessment. It's not a quick go in and check, come out. It's a very conscious um, me making contact um, within the vagina and being really present in your body. And if at any time the woman's really struggling to stay present with my touch, um, then, then we stop. We need to need to stay present. I think so often we're conditioned, whether it is having that pap smear or it might even be during intimacy because of experience so often we go out of our head and we're not present. So it's actually sitting with that part of our body and seeing, seeing what is there, looking at what tensions are there, what stories come up um, and just bringing better balance um, to all of those muscles that you can access through the vagina. Um, and it's quite amazing when we, when we tap into those, those stories and that energy and bring better balance to those energies, all of a sudden the pelvic floor comes online a whole lot more, not because we've done something to the muscles, but just because we've brought better balance to the way that that woman's sitting in her body. Um, if women aren't wanting to do the internal work, we can certainly do it externally. You can be fully clothed for that. Um, we can tap into ovary energy, womb energy, heart energy, and just see how that's sitting in our body and the various things that, um, that impact that. So I think that's very OT, looking at roles and relationships and your physical environment and your social environment. What are all of those things and how are they actually sitting in your body? Um, if, if someone is doing that birth preparation, again, that can be internal body work, just making sure that the sacrum is able to move back, just checking in what's happening with those deep pelvic floor muscles. Um, yeah, it really depends what the person's wanting to explore. Um, but that, that's a little bit of a sense of what a session session might look like. And usually at the end, we'll, we'll have a chat about things that came up. There might be other techniques that, um, that I suggest um, from the Arvigo tradition. I um, offer castor oil packs. Um, vaginal steaming is something else that can be a really useful um, useful strategy whether that is for fertility or postpartum recovery um, I use that around pelvic pain as well um, that's a, Can um, you a slightly different to us what that is <laughs> yeah no definitely so the word vaginal steaming is a little bit deceiving um, really what you're doing is steaming your perineum it's basically like making a big cup of tea with herbs in a saucepan and it's positioning your body over that so that the steam is bringing warmth to that perineum um, it's increasing blood 
flow around that space. It's encouraging relaxation. Um, we're starting to get some small little bits of research done in this space. It seems to have a real positive impact on the nervous system. Um, certainly has a lot of impact on tissue recovery post-birth as well. But this is a technique that's been used all around the world in all types of cultures. Women have, have done this to support their own pelvic health and, and birth healing. So um, it, it's working out how it, how it fits in, in each woman's personal world, um, but it can be a really lovely technique where you just get to be present with your body and um, have, have some of those physiological benefits as well. Mm. And coming back to the internal work, yeah. it sounded when you were talking about it like it's not medical, you know, because usually when we're entering this space, it's for a medical purpose, like a pap smear or a yeah. sexual purpose. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a therapeutic purpose, so it's very yes. different, isn't it? Yeah. So it's definitely not sexual, and it's definitely nothing like a pap smear. Um, it's like sometimes it's helping that woman have a guided tour of her body. Like, um, so when I've got my finger inserted, it's like, okay, I'm over on the left-hand side now. And sometimes it's amazing how disorientated we can feel in our body. Sometimes it'll be, oh, I thought you were at the front, um, those sorts of things. So certainly there can be, be some education. Like there's a lot of women that haven't actually had a look down there and know what's, what's going on. So you can certainly start with a bit of a guided tour if that's something that's useful. But at that internal level, it is very much about bringing presence and, and noticing. It's like, oh, this feels, feels really tight and pulled in here. Um, and it will be amazing just what comes to the woman. Um, like she might start talking about something and then she'll hit on a topic and the tissues will just relax. Um, just purely by honouring that story. And I think that's a big part of my work is this, this honouring of what happens in our bodies, what happens in our heads and our hearts as part of this mothering transition. And when we view that whole process as a rite of passage, um, there's three real crucial steps in rite of passage. The first one is a separation. And most women really resonate with that, getting close to the end of their pregnancy. They don't want to see people anymore. They don't want to go out anymore. Um, in early stages of labour, you can start going into la-la land. There's that separation. A rite of passage always has a challenge. And however you birth your baby, that is a challenge. Whether it looks like a walk in a park, vaginal birth, out in the garden with fairy lights, whatever, or if it's a planned C-section, there is a physical challenge that you need to push your body to that, that you never thought you could. But then the final stage of um, rite of passage is this reintegration and acknowledgement that happens. And that isn't present for so many women. We go through the first stages because we physically have to. You can't not go through those stages when you find yourself pregnant. But we really rely on our community, um, our family, the wise women around us to create that honouring and that celebration and that integration. Like, what did we learn from our birthing experience? What can we contribute to the communal knowledge around this? What is it like for you to be a mother? And um, once that baby's born, so much of it becomes about the baby. Um, like even at your six-week check, it's kind of like, does everything feel okay? Um, I think so. Oh, okay, cool. Off you go. Um, it's all about baby. And, and mums are wired to focus on baby as well. That's part of those brain changes that happen during pregnancy. And we need people around us to bring us back to ourselves as well and say, where's mama in here? How can we really honour your personal journey through that? And I think I really bring that to the pelvic health space, just 
honouring and acknowledging what these experiences have been like from that real body felt sense. Mm, I can imagine all the mums, all the OT mums who are listening into this now who haven't had this kind of care could really appreciate how amazing it could be to be receiving this at such an important time in their life. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, we are wide. As soon as I had my baby, you know, that's all we think about. We're that lioness. We're, we're protecting our cub. We make sure they're fed and they're, yeah. they're happy and they're warm and they're safe. And we do put ourselves last. Um, that's just reality. Yeah. Um, so it's such a beautiful thing that you're providing. And I love too how you went through the rites of passage because it really does show those occupational transitions that we go through. And it really yeah. does relate back to OT. It, it really, really does. Um, and I, th- I think another model that I love using in here as well is Anne Wilcox doing being, becoming, belonging model. Um, as OTs, we're very good at talking about those things and seeing what people are, are, are doing or, or working towards. But I actually bring that back to our relationship with our own body. So um, I actually like starting with the being. Um, that being is that real core sense of self. Um, often that's associated with the feminine, not in a gender way, but just the nature of the energy and often that will sit in the left hand side of our body but really being able to tap in what is that creative center of ourselves and who are we at an essence and then is our doing or or that more masculine that often right hand side of the body actually correlating to that is all the the doing and the busyness and things that we're manifesting into the world actually in alignment with that core sense of being that sits within our bodies And then with the idea of becoming, um, I know Tammy Kent talks a lot about the womb space as being a gestator. So yes, we grow our babies there, but it's actually this energetic center in our bodies where we can can plant seeds of intention for any kind of creative pursuit. And um, a a lot of those things really sit in that womb space and we hold them there in our body as as they're growing. So sensing that becoming as an actual internal process. And then belonging, um, we often think about that in the sense of community, but I bring that into belonging within ourselves. So how do all these parts of ourselves actually resonate together? Is there connection there? Are they working in partnership or are they actually fighting each other? And and those things show up in, in the fascia. They show up in scar tissue. They, they show up in the way that we're using our bodies. So really bringing that to an internal belonging within ourselves. And I think that's an important part of identity shift is not just recognizing that identity in the headspace um, and knowing how we change and honoring how we've changed there but actually bringing that to the heart and the womb and and the body as a whole as well Um, so so that's another OT approach that um, I guess I've adapted in some ways to a real internal level and, and what mothers experience going through that process I love that and it sounds like your holistic pelvic care work that you do is mm. falling under your OT umbrella. Is that right? Yeah. So all of these, um, all of these techniques that, that I offer, um, I am offering them as occupational therapy sessions. Um, so that's, that's been really exciting to, to see um, the OT association being really on board and, and recognizing how, how closely this aligns with, with occupational therapy and, um, 
yeah, the fact that all of these things really impact on how we go about doing our everyday things and, and it's approach that, that really resonates with, with mothers. So, yeah, I am, I am doing all of it as an occupational therapist. That's great. Did you find that there was a great area there when you were exploring this? Because I find there are OTs who go, do I need to wear my, uh, my holistic pelvic care hat and say I'm doing that and then put on my OT hat? Mm -hmm. Or whether we can combine them. Did you ever go through that and wonder whether oh, yes. you could actually? Yes. No, I was mildly terrified before I contacted the association. <laughs> but really, I, I looked through like their code of practice and all those sorts of things, and it just fitted so nicely. And um, yeah, I was I was really blown away with how excited they were about this these different approaches that I was bringing in. Um, Real, I just needed to demonstrate that I'd received training in order to offer these techniques, which um, I've, I've done through doing these courses. Um, I needed to demonstrate that I was well-placed to offer these services to someone. Um, and if they're already seeing me for their, their mental health or more traditional pelvic health things, well, I'm here already, so I fit that criteria. And um, I just need to demonstrate that it's supporting someone's functioning, their ability to do everyday things. And I've got no doubt about that. So, um, yes. So after some initial trepidation, I, I now feel really confident that these sorts of things can fall under OT scope of practice. Wonderful. What would you say to other OTs who are looking at doing extra training in holistic pelvic care or in this space yeah. who are wanting to integrate it into their OT? What advice would you give them? Yeah, um, I, I think I'm a big proponent of the fact that without doing any training, OTs are enough. If you want to be working in this space, you can do that just as an OT. But just like with any scope of practice, once you arrive there, you start getting questions, you want more tools, you want more techniques, and then you go in and do some ongoing training. Um, but yes, that starting point is you're enough as you are at this very point in time to be, to be offering something to, to women, to mothers um, in this space. But yeah, those, those trainings, they really have changed the way that I offer services to mothers. Um, yeah, that, the training with Lynn, um, the Arvigo techniques, and then Tammy's holistic pelvic care. So um, just to be clear, the holistic pelvic care title is a trademarked title that Tammy calls her work. Um, but all of them put together, like some people say, oh, which one would you do first or which one's the most important? And I've, I've just gained so many different things from each of them. Um, I did find it useful starting with the Arvigo training. I, I hadn't done any massage training or anything like that beforehand. And the Arvigo techniques is real specific techniques that you learn to offer. That was a really nice, I guess, more structured um, way to move into, into some of this hands-on body work. And then Tammy's work just took that to a whole, whole different level. Um, and then the training that I did with Lynn, that's just added a whole other overlay, really looking at the bones, um, looking at some of the other organs, like the way that our stomach and our liver can get really squashed up the intestines, um, the impact that that has on diaphragm and the breath, and then hence, hence our pelvic floor, um, looking at all those sorts of things. So that order certainly worked really well for me. Um, but just in combination, it, it's been a wonderful toolkit to be able to, yes, sometimes offer hands-on body work, but also 
um, online sessions as well. I do a lot of that that too, really exploring what happens in our bodies as part of part of rite of passage and and how honouring that can make a huge difference for women. Mm-hmm. Great. You just mentioned their toolkits and it got me thinking, do you give the women that you see any tools for their toolkit when they go home or is it mainly just based in the session? What sort of advice or strategies or yeah. tools are you giving the women that you see? Yeah. Now, that's one of the things that I love about the Arvigo training is, yes, you can go and get a, a session with a practitioner, but um, a huge part of that is me actually teaching your own self-care belly massage so that you can um, take that with you um, and you will have that for the rest of your life anytime that you're recognising that, that your belly or, or that pelvic space is needing some, um, some love and care. You've got the tools for that. Um, I, I teach women how to do the castor oil packs or the vaginal steaming. Again, they're, they're tools that they're going to have whenever they need to pull them out in the future as well. And with a lot of Tammy's work, like the, the visualisations and the guided meditations that go along with exploring how, how these energies physically and at that energetic level within the body um, Within her books, she writes about a lot of them and that's very easy to teach women how to do their own pelvic bowl clearing as well, which can be a really useful strategy depending what's going on for someone. So lots of things that they, they get to take away and, and be able to use to yeah um, support that connection with their own body ongoing. Mm, fantastic. What, what do you love most about what you do? What have you found? Because I suppose you've got that contrast. I'm not sure what your previous work was actually, but yeah. I suppose just comparing to what you were doing to what you're doing now when you're in your own practice and mm. you have that autonomy to practice yeah. how you want and in a way that works for you and works for the client. What do you love most about it? Um, I love the people that I get to meet. Um, like every time I work with someone, I learn something new about how menstrual cycles and menstrual rhythms are playing out in their mothering journey or how their pelvic health is impacting their mental health or whatever it might be. Um, I learn something every time and I've had the most amazing women come to come to see me and um, be vulnerable enough to share their stories and, and what they're needing support with. So I, I do love that. Um, I, I love the difference that I can make, though, really, I, I don't think it's it's me. It's me guiding that person on their own journey. Um, and so I love being able to, to come alongside someone wherever they are in their mothering journey and help them tap into their own inner, inner wisdom and, um, and find their way, way through. Yes, give them some tools, but um, it's really what they, they do with that, um, how, how they integrate that into their body and, and use that information. But um, it's so rewarding to be part of those journeys with women. Mm. And before we head to the three rapid fire questions, I'd love to know, are there any resources that OTs can tap into? Are there any journal articles or texts or um, videos that they can watch online just to sort of upskill in this area or learn more if they're curious about learning more about this? Yeah, there's no real definite source. Like I pull from so many different places um certainly for some of the postpartum work um a lot of kimberly ann johnson's work really resonates with me um oh, i've had a mental blank on her name um 
is it Rachel Garcia with her innate, um, innate traditions postpartum care training. Um, she's got a real beautiful way of, of looking at what that transition looks like. Um, the, the people who I've trained with, like Tammy Kent, has a whole lot of information on her website. I know through her newsletter, she's recently been sending out a whole lot of um, recorded pelvic bowl meditations and ways to connect with your body and just experiencing that yourself, I think, um, really tunes you into the power of, of what we hold in our bodies. Um, Lynn Schulte, um, she puts out a lot of stuff as well. She's got her annual um, online summit that brings together a whole lot of different practitioners talking about this birth healing space um, as, as well. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm pulling it together from so many different places and, and coming up with this thing, thing that I offer. Mm, that's amazing. Awesome. Let's head to the three rapid fire questions. So number one, in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Um, I say I help people do the everyday things that they need or want to do. Awesome. Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today? I suggest that you touch base with your body, whether that's just by putting your hands on your belly and just stopping for a moment, seeing how that feels, checking in, um, if we take the moment just to ask ourselves, what does my body need right now? It's amazing how clearly the body can speak to us. So just take that moment, create some silence to listen. And number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs, what would it be? Um, you are enough. You're an expert on transitions. Get out there and, and do your thing because um, you're going to be amazing medicine for someone. Fantastic. That is so gold. Thank you so much, Janelle. How can everyone find you? How can we learn more about the work that you do? Are you on social media or your yeah. website? Where's the best place to get in touch? Yep. Now I've got a website, www.thewildorangetree.com.au. So there's a whole lot of information there about the face-to-face -face sessions, my online coaching, professional mentoring, and also my Menstrual Mother online course, which is all about tapping into your, your menstrual rhythms and how they play out in self-care and mothering. And I'm also really active on social media. So I'm the Wild Orange Tree on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, through any of those places, you can sign up for my monthly newsletter um and yeah get in touch i'd love to hear from anyone who who's interested in in this space and what i'm doing here thank you so much janelle i have certainly learned so much um and i'm sure everyone listening in today has as well too so thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us no problem it's been a pleasure thank you bye bye that's it guys i hope this episode resonated with you but more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys. <laughs>